Welcome to church. Amen. Amen. God, I thank you. I thank you for the power of your presence and the power, Lord, of your name. Lord, we sense it. We feel it. The power of your spirit in this room, of your ruach, the breath of life breathing into us right now, Lord Jesus. Lord, lifting up the weary, giving life to those things that we thought were dead. Lord, you are moving. So we're just moving out of the way. Do your thing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Grab a seat, everybody. Amen. We're going to go into God's word. We're in this series through the Psalms. Psalms of the night, those, those prayers, those songs we sing when we are sad. Aren't you grateful that those are in the Bible too? Amen. Uh, so but before I go there, I, I thought I'd share some news for us. Uh, for those of you guys who know our family, you know that Hope and I, my wife and I have two boys, uh, and they are awesome. Uh, but God has recently blessed us with news that we're expecting now a third. <laughs> Very happy news for us. We're so excited. Uh, but I'm going to ask you for one thing, okay? I'm going to ask you to join me in prayer. Please pray that it is a girl, okay? That is what we want. That's our goal. You ready? Okay. And so uh, we have two boys, and boys are great, okay? But how many of you guys know boys like to fight? Yeah. So it's like a very common thing in my house. When I come home from work, that Charlie or somebody come up to me, at, Charlie just last week was like, Daddy. Louie hit me. And I look over at Louie and said, Louie, did you hit Bubba? And he looks at me dead in the eye and says, yes. <laughs> he doesn't even try to lie, y'all. He's just out with it. And so we deal with this on a regular basis. Uh, and I, the reason I bring that up is because the psalm we're looking at today, Psalm 54, uh, is all about what do you do when somebody that you love hurts you? Somebody that's supposed to be on your side betrays you. What do you do in those moments when a friend is talking behind your back? Or the spouse that's supposed to be your confidant, the closest person to your best friend, and they betray you. What do you do in those moments? How do you pray? How do you worship? And Psalm 54 is that. It's the answer to that question. In fact, uh, I want to give you a, a $5 theological word. Is that Okay. Okay, uh, so Psalm 54 is what theologians call an imprecatory psalm. Imprecatory psalm, and let me give you the definition of that. An imprecatory psalm is simply a psalm where the psalmist prays for the punishment of his enemies. And I'm sure you've seen these kind of psalms, okay, where it's just like, God, wipe them out. Right? It's one of those psalms. And I'm sure as New Testament believers, when we read that, we're like, oh, feels a little yucky, you know? Like Jesus told me, that I'm supposed to pray for those who persecute me. I'm supposed to love my enemy. But it sure doesn't sound like that in Psalm 54. What do you do with those psalms? I think sometimes they're deeper than what we see in face value. And it's truly powerful what God wants us to learn. So I want us to go there right now. Psalm 54, verse 1. This is David, and he sings. Come with great power, O God, and rescue me. Defend me with your might. 
Listen to my prayer, O God. Pay attention to my plea. If you're taking notes, write down this. The first point is this. Confide in God. Confide in God. You see, David, the first thing that he does in his moment of desperation, when he's being attacked by people that he loves, he confides in his God. He goes immediately to prayer, to his God. How often it is for us that like in those moments when we feel like someone's betraying us or hurt us, man, how often do we go to like our neighbor or our friend or cousin and say, you know what, did you hear what so-and-so said about me? Like some of us, we, we turn to Facebook before we turn to Jesus. And God, God wants us to turn to him, to confide in him. That's what David does. Look at verse three, for strangers are attacking me. Violent people are trying to kill me. They care nothing for God. And you might say, well, who are these strangers? Who are these violent people that David is talking about? You have to go back to the preface of the Psalm, what comes before to understand. So let's look at the preface. It says this, a Psalm of David regarding the time the Ziphites came and said to Saul, we know where David is hiding. And you might say, well, what just happened? Well, the Ziphites betrayed David to Saul. And you might say, well, who are the Ziphites? Well, the Ziphites are the people who live in the land of Ziph. Obviously, y'all know where that is. Ziph is, is located in Israel. So these are actually Israelites. They're actually from the tribe of Judah, the same tribe that Jesus is from, the same tribe that King David is from. So these are David's cousins. These are his family members. They are betraying him. And then who is Saul? Who are the people? Who are, the, who are they betraying him to? Saul. Saul is not just the king. Saul is David's father-in-law. David has risked his life time and time and time again for this king, for King Saul. And now he's being hunted down by this very person that he loves, being betrayed by people, his family that he loves. These aren't the Philistines or the Amalekites. These are the people of God. See, sometimes the hurt in our life can certainly come from the outside world. But there are also times when the hurt that we experience comes from the people of God. From people within the church. And that's what David is facing. People that love God are turning on him. What do you do in those moments? How do you pray in those moments? Verse four, but God is my helper, David says. The Lord keeps me alive. Now watch this, that, that term helper is a military term. And you have to understand, David has about 600 men that he's hiding in a cave. Saul has 3,000 skilled warriors. David, in the world's eyes, is outmatched. But in that moment, David is praying and he says, you know what? I know it looks like I got 600 men, but the Lord is my helper. And so I have the whole host of heaven behind me. Man, how much would our attitude towards the things that happen to us change if we simply recognize that there is a God, the Lord of hosts, that is behind us? That he is on our side. And that's what David is proclaiming. So if you're taking notes, number two, stay confident in God. Stay confident in God. Look at verse five. David says, may the evil plans of my enemies be turned against them. 
do as you promised and put an end to them. Now, this is where it gets a little yucky, okay? Where it seems like David is praying for the downfall of his enemies. And we all know Jesus told us to pray for our enemies. So what do you do with that? Well, there's, there's really two things we got to keep in mind. First is this, okay? David, David is inspired by the Holy Spirit when he's writing this psalm. This is scripture. And these psalms were the, the songbook of the Israelites. So that means at some point in Jesus' life, he too sang this song. So this is words that God wants us to know, that he's inspired for us to know and to remember. But the second thing is this. You have to look at David's actions in the context of the psalm to fully understand what he is praying. So what happens? So David, when he's betrayed by the Ziphites, he's actually betrayed by them two times. First time in 1 Samuel chapter 23. The second time in 1 Samuel chapter 26. The second time he's betrayed, Saul brings 3,000 men, puts it around the caves where David is hiding, hoping to flush him out. His 600 men are hiding with him in the caves. And David says, you know what? I'm going to sneak into the enemy's camp. And so in the middle of the night, David and one of his mighty men, Abishai, sneak into the camp of the enemy. They sneak all the way in. They're standing right above Saul's head while he's sleeping. And there's a spear right there. And you got to love Abishai. Abishai looks at David and says, David, let me take this spear and let me kill Saul. I don't need two shots. I can do it in one. And he says, listen, you, you don't even have to get blood on your hands. I'll take care of it, David. But watch what David says. First Samuel chapter 26, verse 9. It says this. No, David said, don't kill him. For who can remain innocent after attacking the Lord's anointed one? Verse 10. Surely the Lord will strike Saul down someday, or he will die of old age in battle. Verse 11. The Lord forbid that I should be I should kill the one he has anointed. So David is saying, listen, Saul's going to die at some point. He's going to die either of old age or in battle, but it won't be because of me. When David has the opportunity to take justice into his own hands and to kill his enemy and take vengeance, he says, no, I trust in God. This is our ultimate trust. What do we do? to the people who hurt us when we are empowered to hurt them. What do we do in those moments? See, justice is when we look at God and we say, you know what? I'm giving God all of that hurt and I'm going to let him set the scales right. Vengeance is when we take that into our own hands and say, I'm just going to take justice into my own hands. David refuses to do that. I remember a few years ago, I met with a gentleman who was new to our church. He was new to Jesus, and he was going through a very hostile divorce, and he asked if he could meet, and so we met at that corner bakery, and we're sitting there, and he's telling me all these things. He's got a lot of issues that he's working through, and he, he's telling me how, he's like, Samson, listen, I, I could destroy this person. I have enough information, enough uh, power in this situation to completely wipe her out. And he's like, but I just discovered Jesus. What do I do? And saying a lot, and so I didn't really know what to respond. So I said, why don't we pray? How many know when you don't know what to say, you should just pray, okay? And so we prayed, and in that moment of prayer, 
I felt like I put a word in my heart. That doesn't happen all the time. It happened in that moment. And I said, can I share something with you? So I feel like what God wants you to know in this moment is that you need to seek justice, not vengeance. Justice is when you trust in God for the outcome. Vengeance is when you force your own outcome. And in that moment, I saw that light bulb go off in his head. And now many years later, looking at this gentleman who's now part of our church and seeing him grow in his faith, the way God's blessed him with a beautiful marriage, the way that God has brought about an outcome for him that he could have never brought out in himself. That's what happens when we trust in his justice. When we remain confident in our God. That's what David does. That's what we're meant to do. If you're taking notes, number three is this. Worship confidently in God. Look at verse six. David says, I will sacrifice a voluntary offering. It's a free will offering to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. Verse seven, you, for you have rescued me from my troubles and helped me triumph over my enemies. Now, we don't understand and we don't know if David is writing this years later as he's reflecting back or if he's writing this in the moment while he's still in the caves. What we do know is this encounter that David has with Saul is the very last time that David and Saul will be on the same patch of ground. See, Saul would go on from there and die in battle and David would go on there from there and become king. But David doesn't know that in the moment. So in the moment, what does David do? David says, I will bring a free will offering. In the Old Testament, there's many types of offering you could bring. There's a sin offering. When you committed something wrong and you want to make a sin, there's a vow offering. When you want to make a vow or a pledge to God. But a free will offering is an offering in the Old Testament that you would bring simply because you loved God. Not because you wanted anything. Not because you're asking him for anything, but simply because you love him. And so David says, you know what I'll do in this moment? I will just make a free will offering because I love my God. Because I love him. And that's what we do in those moments when we are broken and we are hurt by people we love. We say, you know what I'm going to do in this moment? I'm just going to worship. Because I can't make sense of this. I don't know why this is happening, but I'm just going to worship the God that I love. And that's what David does. You know, the most beautiful picture of Psalm 54 is seen in Jesus in his life. You remember that prayer he prayed in the garden? When he was praying in so much anguish, he confided in his father. We don't even know the words of all that he said to his father in that moment. But it said he was great, praying in so much anguish that it was like sweats of great drops of blood would fall from his head. But we do know the end of that prayer where he remains confident in his God. And he says, but not my will, but yours be done. And you remember that free will offering that Jesus offered. He worshiped confidently in his God. The ultimate model of a free will offering is the cross. Jesus had no sin to make an offering for. He gave himself freely on the cross because he loved his father and because he loved you and me. And that's what he did. And God turned that free will offering into a sin offering for you and me so that our sins would be forgiven. I know it's hard for us to think of ourselves as bad people, but the reality is in that moment, we were enemies of God because of our sin. And in that moment, Jesus chose to say, let the outcome of my enemy be put upon me. 
Instead of taking vengeance in that moment when he was beaten and hurt and hung on a cross and calling down a legion of angels, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And he died for you and for me. That's what he gives us. Can I pray for you? Father, right now, I pray for our church. I pray, Lord, as we reflect on what it means to live out Psalm 54, what it means to forgive, what it means to love even when we are hurt. I pray that you would help us and give us the strength to follow the leading of your spirit, to confide in you, to remain confident in you and your justice, Lord Jesus, and to worship confidently in you. In Jesus' name, amen.